Is the Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, live from the Dish Professionals. Call them, 801-424-DISH. Get hooked up, get an extra $100 cash back just for signing up during the show. You can come out, grab some jazz gear, 8034 South State Street. Come see us, say hello, and uh, we'll hook you up. Still have some jerseys left, so uh, make that happen. Uh, but let's get out to the Smart Rain special guest line. It's no mystery. Utah is in an extreme drought. That is why Smart Rain is the solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation. Find out more at SmartRain.net. Joining us now, former BYU quarterback Tanner Mangum. What's going on, Tanner? What's up, guys? How's it going? Happy Monday. Happy Monday. You you riding high? You feeling good? Yeah, of course. I mean, it's a pretty good weekend. If you, you know, football is back, both college, NFL. Tom Brady won on Thursday, which is always good. And then how about the Cougars uh, playing well on Saturday? Definitely a good weekend overall. Were you aware of the fact that Tanner idolizes Tom Brady? I, I did know that about him. Yeah, okay. I did. Uh, yeah. Well, he's he's pretty good. Last time I checked. He's okay. He's, he's, he's really good. Do you, do you and Tanner bond over your Tom Brady love? Look, which which be- you doubted in the Super Bowl, by the way, which I'm going to bring up from now on. What? I look forever. Yeah, I've been talking about how great Tom Brady is for a long time now. Just not good enough to pick him in the Super Bowl. Well, he's only won <laughs> what, like six of them. Seven. Seven. <laughs> oh man, uh, Tanner, uh, want to get your thoughts on the quarterback play from both sides? Uh, Gordon and I have been chatting uh, about this quite a bit. Jaron Hall certainly made uh, a bunch of big plays. Want to get your thoughts on Charlie Brewer as well? But start with Jaron. Well, I mean, Jaron had the game of his life. I mean, maybe maybe statistically it wasn't huge, it wasn't monstrous, but just if you watch the game, the way he played was was really perfect. It was exactly what BYU needed. He, like I, I mentioned this on the call last week, I love how he does such a good job of not relying too heavily on his running ability. He obviously has it, but he doesn't get happy feet. He uses it, he mixes it in right when it's needed most. And I thought he did that really well on Saturday. He stayed in the pocket. He, he demonstrated poise. Um, he was cool, calm and collected, didn't let pressure, you know, uh, rattle him uh, that that play towards the end of the game where he stayed in the pocket, stayed in the pocket, waited, 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 scrambled a little bit, created time, and then hit Hill. Um, you know, towards the uh, the end of the game, there down to the goal line, it was it was huge. That 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 play right there kind of epitomized what he brings, uh, his skill set, his throwing ability, but also his ability to extend plays. And I thought he he did that masterfully on Saturday. So, Tanner, uh, obviously he's got the wheels that you talked about there, and that play down the left sideline was just – we talk about speed. That I mean, that that was very impressive. Yes. But 140 – was it 149 yards passing? Is this an area where he can get to a point where he can utilize all that good stuff with his feet and maybe get 300-yard games? Or is it not necessary when you have Tyler Algier back there? 
No, I, he he totally could, and that's I think it depends on the game plan, and that's kind of what I you know what I referenced earlier. It was it was exactly what BYU needed. You know, I don't think they needed uh, a 300 yard passing game and 150 yards rushing. You know, he, he was he was able to to do his job and do what he needed to do to make sure that BYU was controlling the time of possession, uh, controlling the line of scrimmage, and and when you. I mean, yeah, and you mentioned his speed. I mean, he really he, – he kind of slow-played it a little bit. He kind of gave a little bit of a hezzy, a little bit of hesitation, and then turned on the Jets. It's too bad that he stepped out of bounds. That would have been a, a huge play. Um, but he has that. And, and so I think as long as he can mix it up, you know, if he can use that speed when, when he needs to, but also keep looking downfield to, uh, you know, to, to keep the passing game going, then I think it's going to make him tough to stop. You know, I think when, when you have a balanced offense – and when you have a quarterback that can do both, that's that's really tough to defend. And I think it put Utah on their heels. Uh, they were, were on their heels or on the toes, however you want to say it. You know, they were they weren't able to get comfortable, and they weren't able to do what they normally do, which is get after the quarterback, get sacks, create pressure, create turnovers. And I, and I think that's another thing that needs to be said is is that Jaron took care of the ball. You know, there were there weren't really any throws, maybe one or two that were a little bit risky. But he took really good care of the ball and made good decisions. And then, obviously, Tyler Algier played great. Um, you know, he's, he's really impressed me with his with his speed, his strength, his vision. And the offensive line did a good job dominating the trenches. Uh, I have some breaking news. This just came out seconds ago from Brett McMurphy. USC announces Clay, Hel- Clay Helton has been fired. Wow. So, wow. Instant reaction to that, Tanner. New uh, wow. play there at USC. That's big. That's 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 big. But I mean, honestly, I, I, he was on the hot seat coming into the season, and I think after that that loss on Saturday to Stanford, we kind of the nail in the coffin, I guess. But I mean, they, USC has so much talent every year. They recruit so well. They get some of the top high school talent year in and year out. It's one of those schools, kind of like Texas where every year they're expected to do well. They have high expectations because of their pedigree, because of their recruiting, but they consistently underperform. And so I think they're just, you know, obviously looking to make a change to to try and maximize their potential because it wasn't getting done with, with Clay Helton at the helm. Think about what the the prospects could be there at SC if they hire a, a top-notch coach. Clay Helton seemed like a really nice guy. He fired his assistants on the reg, but, I mean, he seemed like a pretty nice guy. But he was not going to get it done at USC. And that's why last year with all those rumors about Urban Meyer and, and others, like, imagine if, if Nick Saban was coaching at SC. How do you think they'd be doing down there? Probably everything they're doing in Alabama. Get the yeah, right guy. Yeah. And SC yeah, has plenty is. of if money right to pay. Guy. Totally. If you get the right guy there, the the, the potential's limitless with the type of talent uh, that you get there. And, and the Pac-12 is down. You know, overall, it's it's down to the conference, and so I think the opportunity is there to, um, you know, to to seize uh, a, a chance that you know, take it's, it's kind of anyone's game there. And so if you, if you can get a good coach in place, I think they'll, uh, you know, USC obviously would, would have a good shot at becoming returning back to their to their national prominence. 
All right, Tanner, I do want to get your thoughts on, on Charlie Brewer. And I, I will say this. Uh, well, I'll frame the question this way. Witt today in his press conference said Charlie didn't play well. He said he, he, he didn't have a great game, I think, were the words that he used. But also talked about how the mistakes on offense were not that they got beat physically, but that they were making a lot of mistakes. So it doesn't sound like his teammates around him did many favors. So is it fair to evaluate Charlie Brewer during that game? Well, I mean – I'm a quarterback, so I, you know I'm all you know me. I'm always going to defend the quarterback in a lot of ways, just from the standpoint of it's always more than just one guy. It, it takes a team. Uh, a quarterback individually doesn't win or lose games. Uh, it, you know it requires a lot of support, a lot of help. The offensive line has to be has to be giving you protection. The offensive line has to be uh, creating opportunities in the run game. Your receivers have to be getting open. You have to have a scheme, a system that puts your players uh, in in good positions to succeed, which I think Utah's offense has always struggled with. That's something that I've always been critical of is Utah's system and scheme has never been ideal in in allowing their players to get open and to create um, dynamic, explosive plays down the field. And so that said, Charlie didn't play well individually either. It's a team game, but then at the individual level, no one really stood out. I mean, I think Micah Bernard had some great plays, um, uh, you know, some great runs. But at the quarterback position, yeah, Charlie Brewer struggled. Uh, I mean, just, you know, forcing passes, making um, hasty decisions, incorrect reads. And, uh, and then I, it, even that last, you know, that last fourth down play that, where he just sailed the short out route over Britton Covey's head into the, into the sideline, I think, I don't know, maybe showed some nerves, but you know, to me it just it wasn't you know I wasn't impressed with the, with his overall play in that game and in in a game like that when BYU is playing well Utah's offense doesn't like to be playing from behind. It's not their MO, it's not their style. And so when you are playing from behind, you need your quarterback to be playing well. You need your quarterback to be making making good decisions and unfortunately it wasn't there for him on Saturday. What do you think, Tanner, of the way BYU's defense showed up? I, that, to me, I think apart from Jaron, the the highlight or the MVP of the game is the defensive line for BYU. Um, I think every year, BYU, uh, Utah kind of hangs their hat on establishing their presence up front, dominating the trenches. And typically they're really good at that. But on Saturday, it was the other way around. BYU's defensive line was the one setting the tone. They were the ones causing pressure in the past game, getting sacks. And I, I think what I like most is that they mixed things up. I mean, last week, let's see, the beginning of the week, uh, Kyle Whittingham in, in a press conference talked about how you know BYU's defense hangs their hat on their zone, dropping back, keeping everything in front, not allowing big plays. And then uh, that's kind of that's BYU's MO. But I think, you know, in, in a way, BYU tried to switch up the game plan. It's a game of chess out there. And when, 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 a, when your opponent thinks they have you figured out, it's time to make some tweaks. And I think that Coach Tuiaki and Coach Asake did that. They started to bring more pressures. They started to get a little, little bit more creative with their twists. They brought more blitzes. They didn't do as much drop eight uh, as previous weeks. And it worked. I think it, it had Utah guessing. It had um, Charlie Brewer confused. Uh, he was you know, second-guessing. His reads, you could tell he wasn't comfortable in the drop-back game. And, uh, and then, you know, any time a defensive line can 
create pressure, that is the worst thing possible for a for a for an, an offense because it, it it disrupts the run game, it disrupts the pass game, and um, you know hats off to BYU's defensive line for really making it happen. So it looks like Arizona State's pretty good. How hard will it be for them to you know duplicate that to recreate the magic, so to speak, to to beat another good team two weeks in a row? Well, I think they got the momentum on their side, which is always big. Momentum and confidence. Uh, I think we saw that last year. Anytime you can win games, doesn't matter who it's against or how it is, it, winning just breeds confidence. And so, obviously, two and zero, both against Pac-12 teams, going going for three and zero against the Pac-12 to start off the season. Um, they're they're going to play confident. Uh, Arizona State, they're good, but I think they're untested. You know, they played Southern Utah and UNLV. Uh, so really haven't faced, you know, a high-quality opponent. But they definitely have talent. I mean, Jaden Daniels is a, is a great dual-threat quarterback, had over 100 yards rushing last week against UNLV. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's emerging as one of the top quarterbacks in the Pac-12. So that'll be a test for BYU defense because in the past two games, they haven't really faced a dual-threat. And so we'll see how they handle that. But should be a good game. I think, you know, Lavelle's going to be rocking again. And, uh, you know, if BYU could get up to a 3-0 start against Pac-12 teams, that would be a, a huge success for the Cougars. Tanner, how much, uh, how much does uh, a good set of receivers uh, inspire confidence in a quarterback? Because it looks to me like BYU's got some good ones in this group. And, uh, I mean, I, I'm not sure what's going on with the tight ends. I would expect them to be involved, too. But between the Nakua brothers and, uh, you know, Neil Powell and uh, Gunnar Romney, it seems like uh, BYU has uh, sort of uh, an embarrassment of riches there. Yeah. So, like I said before, a quarterback needs support around him to succeed. It's, it's one of the most important aspects in, in helping a quarterback be successful is having talent around him. And the, this receiving court, they're experienced. I mean, Neil, Gunner, uh, we're, we're both there when I was there in 2018 now. You know, they're, they're growing up. They're big boys now, and, and they're playing with confidence, and they know what they're doing. They're, they're comfortable with the system, and they've really, you know, they've gotten a lot better. They've improved over, the, over these last few years. And then you obviously got the Nakua brothers, who are, are also experienced. You know, one played at Utah, one played at UW. They've got Pac-12 experience playing against good opponents. That, that just helps so much for a quarterback. Helps the quarterback be confident, helps the passing game uh, come alive, and you need that. Like, you know, BYU's been waiting for that. That's something that BYU's been lacking. Um, and, I, and I think that's, you know, not just receiving, but all around. Any, anytime you can get experience and have, you know, have talent um, surrounding the quarterback, that's, this is, it's just going to breed success. And as far as the tight ends go, still waiting to see what what's what's going on there you know, I, I talked about it last week after the arizona game i just don't think they've you know really figured out you know the best way to get down holker and isaac rex involved in the downfield passing game they're 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 sure-handed reliable targets in the short to intermediate game but i just don't think their strength is pushing pushing the seams or pushing you know taking advantage of uh mismatches on the outside they did a little bit last week with with holker um you know isolating him on a slant route, on a smaller DB. But I think, you know, they're going to work to get them more involved because obviously teams are going to start honing in on, on Neal and Gunner um, and the receiver, receivers, so the tight ends are going to have to get more involved. But it's definitely great to see this, uh, you know, this, this talented wide receiver core 
really come alive because BYU's been missing that in, in years past. But I think last year and this year, they're really starting to shine. Last thing for me, Tanner, and this is uh, I want to talk to you about UVA. And I apologize if I've asked you this question before. I, I don't think I have, but maybe I have. I'm a Virginia Tech fan, so I'm at least familiar with with how it's gone for UVA over the past, you know, uh, well, all my life, four decades, uh, really. And when Bronco got hired there, I I didn't think he would be great, not because he's not a good coach, but because UVA just finds a way to be mediocre to sucky and they just find a way to do it and it's you know academic institution and all that sort of thing well well they handed out a whooping to illinois over the weekend 42 to 14 and they're coming to provo this year and so i guess are you surprised bronco and that staff are having the success they are at virginia i mean man i'm really looking forward to that to that game uh later this season virginia coming to byu i mean I have so much respect for Coach Mendenhall, his staff. I mean, that, that was the coaching staff that recruited me, that I committed to, that, that I really, um, you know, I, I obviously respected them a lot. I knew, I knew they were good. And obviously going to the ACC is a tough task, especially with the team that they inherited. Um, and to see the improvement year after year, culminating last year in an Orange Bowl appearance, you know, an, an ACC championship game appearance and then the Orange Bowl within a matter of four years, that's that's pretty remarkable. And I think it's a testament to the uh, coaching ability, to the recruiting ability of, of Bronco and his staff, uh, for the ability to really turn around the mentality, the culture of a team. Um, I, I think people get – they get, uh, they get tired of things that they're comfortable with or things that have been around for a while. And I think BYU fans started to take for granted what they had with Bronco and Robert and I um, and, and, and the staff as a whole. Uh, and and they, they showed that their system can thrive even in the, uh, you know, the, a, a tough conference like the ACC. It, 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 honestly, it proves that they're great coaches. And 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 it hopefully shows that BYU fans maybe, you know, obviously a lot were grateful, but to the ones who were ungrateful, hopefully, hopefully teaches them a lesson a little bit. Um, and so, you know, I, I I like I like to say I'm not surprised, but I was a little bit surprised just to see the the quick turnaround that they um, like. You know, I can't remember how many wins they had their first season, something like two or three, and then within another few years they're in a, they're in an Orange Bowl. That's pretty remarkable. Um, but definitely not not surprised overall at uh, at, at, the, at what they're doing there with their um, you know with their overall success. It's I mean it's, it's awesome to see, and I'm really really happy for them. Hey, I'm Jake Scott, and I'm the newest Wahoo. Oh, lame, right, right, <laughs> lame. Uh, Tanner, what do you think of Zach Wilson's uh, first NFL game uh, yesterday against the Panthers? I thought he. I mean, all things considered, uh, I mean I've, I've been. I guess apprehensive a little bit going into this season, just because, as I've mentioned multiple times now, a quarterback needs a system around him to succeed. <laughs> and and when you go to the New York Jets, uh, when, you, when you're a top draft pick, oftentimes you're thrown into tough systems. You're not given the most support. Uh, you have new coaches. You have young players. You don't have a lot of talent around you. That's why they're picking first or second in the draft. And so I, I, you know, I've been nervous about that. Um, but I think despite a shaky first half, he showed a lot of poise. 
he showed a lot of resilience. You know, still ended up having two touchdown passes late in the game. You know, really kept him in it. And and so I think that was good. You know, didn't get blown out. Didn't you know? Didn't look awful. Made a lot of good throws. Showed what he's capable of. So I think, all things considered, it was a pretty solid uh, first start for him. Tanner, thank you very much. We always look forward to it. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me. See you, buddy. All right, see you. It's our friend Tanner Mangum, former BYU quarterback. More next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.